A random encounter at a broadcasting facility. A shared interest and love of all things Marvel. Excelsior! A misinterpreted program title. And behold, a podcast is born. Peter Melnick. Podcaster and comic book enthusiast. And Eddie Wilson! Upstate New York radio announcer still with an inordinate amount of catching up to do. Peter, what are you doing? Here we go with a new episode of The Marvelists. Hey, this is David Hilfstein from Marvel The Defenders and The Dead Don't Die. You're listening to The Marvelists with Peter Melnick and Eddie Wilson. Welcome, everyone, to The Marvelous, the Marvel Universe podcast. I'm Eddie Wilson, flying solo. Peter Melnick is, I don't know, he's not here. Not vacation, not assignment, on a jet plane, on a carousel. There's the music reference for this episode, I think. I want to introduce, without further ado, all right, a little bit of ado. You can get a hold of us on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. In person, that's another story. Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio. And don't forget to check out our fantastic Voyage podcast as well. Reviewing, not all, but one at a time, 102 issues of the Stanley Jack Kirby Fantastic Four run, the annuals, the specials, enough said. On the phone, want to welcome a local to our area, that is Sullivan County, upstate New York, has done some work in the Marvel Universe in terms of on the big picture, screen, big, small, whatever it is, your phone, perhaps. And we want to welcome in David Hilstein. Hey, thank you, Eddie. Thank you for having me. It's great. It's been a little while trying to put this together, but we did, and we're glad to be able to talk to you about what you've done and your coming into Marvel and comics in general. So I guess we want to start with um, where people know you from and go from there. Sure. So I'm on a series called Marvel The Defenders, which premiered on Netflix a few years back. People who are going to be familiar with the Marvel Universe are going to know it's when the four characters, Jessica Jones, Daredevil, Luke Cage, and Iron Fist all get together and form the Defenders. Mm -hmm. And uh, I had the privilege of being cast in a role that premiered in that limited series on Netflix. You can catch me in episode three uh, in a scene with Iron Fist. It was definitely an amazing experience getting to work with all these incredible storytellers and cinematographers and actors. And um, I hadn't at the time, I'll be honest, I had not really delved into the whole Daredevil world, which was already out, I think, for a couple of seasons and Jessica Jones. And so, you know, I was kind of new coming into it. But then I soon, once I met Kristen on set, Kristen Ritter, with Jessica Jones and, and kind of got more familiar with, you know, kind of those shows that were out. I definitely decided to binge Jessica Jones, and I loved it, and then I went through all of them. And a lot of the reason is because I was living in Israel before, so I was kind of out of the American acting scene for a while, so I wasn't even up to date on, like, the Netflix stuff and, and all of that. So I kind of had some catching up to do. But, yeah, The Defenders is, is, it was a limited series, eight episodes. It was a really fun experience. I mean, obviously they're not as big as the Marvel movies, but the way they shoot them are so similar. I really enjoyed being on set with everyone and getting to play that role, and it was great. Well, first of all, don't feel bad about having to catch up and stuff because I'm the uh, epitome of needing to catch up with shows, <laughs> Netflix. I'm there as far as the movies go because that's how this podcast was born, is you know reviewing all the Marvel movies starting with the 2008 Iron Man and the comic books. We can't even go there. When and if there's retirement, that's where it'll be time to catch up with, yeah. with all that yeah. stuff. But let's back up and take us on the road to how you got this role in oh, The Defenders. okay. So, like I said, prior to this, I was in Israel, and I'd I'd lived there for seven years. I decided to kind of uproot my my life. I was an actor and model in the city in my mid-20s, 
Um, I was a baseball pitcher in college in North Carolina. My goal was always to go pro and, you know, go through the minor league system and, and make it to the majors. I got injured. I still got close to signing with a few teams after my senior season, and I didn't get any offers. I just didn't, I didn't get drafted in the regular draft, and I didn't get signed free agent, you know, going to tryouts and, and pitching for scouts and stuff like that. So I went back to school, finished my degree in exercise science, and then completely threw myself into the performing arts and just did a whole year of theater and acapella group and choir and, and you name it, acting classes. It was amazing, plays. And when I came to New York, I definitely, you know, had been bitten by the acting bug and had fallen in love with the craft and was pretty gung-ho on this, what I want to do. I got a job as a personal trainer because my degree is in exercise science, being a former athlete, like all in my wheelhouse, and was starting to build my career on the side a bit, doing small roles in indie films and a lot of commercial work, some modeling work, some off-Broadway plays and shows and stuff. And then uh, I kind of took a, a detour and, and decided that I needed to really delve into my myself as a Jewish person and really went into this whole spiritual journey, and that brought me to Israel. So I was there for seven years. I did a lot of work there, a lot on stage, some in TV and film, but it's different there because there's no real English-speaking industry like there is here. So when I came back, summer 2014, a year or two after that, I started kind of reintroducing myself to the acting industry in New York, and I quickly got a manager after doing a few indie films, um, which, you know, gave me some footage to show and some stuff like that. I did a couple plays up here upstate um, around that time. I did Fiddler on the Roof at um, the Sullivan County Dramatic Workshop. I won an award for playing Perchick for that role, and then I did three shows at the local the Sullivan County Community College. Mm-hmm. So really nice yep. program there. And I did two plays and a musical called Ragtime, and just to, you know, again, just to keep in practice, keep my instrument tuned, and then at that time, I was already going to the city for a lot of auditions and stuff, so I got this manager, and a couple of my friends were already working with him, so I had a little bit of an introduction, and then, yeah, he sent me out for this audition, and I booked it. It was like the craziest thing, because I had no idea what I was auditioning for. It was being filmed under a code name that was called Group Therapy because they, they didn't want people in New York, which I think is funny for like a show about the defenders. They didn't want people in New York knowing what was being filmed when you see the signs up everywhere, you know, filming on this location these days, da, da, da. So it, it's all under group therapy. I had to sign so many NDAs, so many non-disclosure agreements mm-hmm. before my audition. And I had no idea what I was auditioning for. And, uh, and it all worked out, and I, I got the role, and that was it. And I'm still with that same manager, and it's not a huge role, but it was definitely, it's not just an important part of the story, it's also, how do I put it? It's um, A way in. <laughs> yeah, exactly, it's a way in. It's a foot in the door, I'm in the Marvel Universe. To me, it was like, all right, you never know where this could go. It was an amazing experience. I mean, they treated me like royalty on the set, big trailer, and, and all this stuff, and I got to meet all the actors, um... Charlie, who plays Daredevil, and Kristen. Mm-hmm. Luke Cage, the guy, Mike, who plays Luke Cage, he wasn't there for my days. And then, of course, Finn Jones, who plays Iron Fist. He was really nervous, I remember, when we were filming because he had just finished season one of Iron Fist and was about to get released. And he was like, what if people don't like it? And I was like, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. I don't, I've never seen Or no, was it, maybe it was season two. Okay. I don't remember. But I hadn't seen it, so I didn't know. Had he shown up in other character stories, maybe? And then he was releasing his own. I think that's what it was. And he was pretty nervous because, you know, he was leading a show. Yeah. He'd come from, like, Game of Thrones and stuff. Anyway, yeah, that's, that's pretty much how it happened. Is my manager got me the audition, and I did the work. And then since then, it's been an interesting ride. <laughs> yeah, I believe it. Jeez. Well, that whole thing, just taking yourself uprooting and going to Israel for seven years, yeah. that must yeah. have been rewarding on a couple of levels, perhaps. It but definitely then was. Coming back, like you said, in, in 2014, 
and the manager and then landing this. Now, I guess I've heard, you've heard, because you do this part of the performing arts stuff, you can go in to what I guess they term a, a cold call, not knowing mm -hmm. what you're auditioning for, but here. You have five minutes to go over this, yeah. and let's hear how you do this. Um, wow. So, you know, that's not the best way, I guess, perhaps. But if you do no. land it, then you get the rehearsal and you get the practice and so on. Sure. So, I knew that it was Netflix. That's all I knew. Mm. I knew it was, like, going to be big, and I knew that it was super under wraps, like very top secret. So, I mean, of course, I had the script and everything, not the whole script, but my, my scene. Mm. And like I said, when I came back in 2014, I didn't really start – Getting in, I did some plays up here upstate because I was kind of figuring out getting my footing again. Where do I do I move back to the city? Do I, you know, go back to school? What am I doing? So it was like two years later, I think it was November of 16 is when I got the audition. And then we filmed in January or into December. And then I actually had to film it again because we couldn't use nobody knows this a little fun fact, but the entire scene that we did, mm -hmm. and people who've seen the show know what I'm talking about. The building that they used, they had to reshoot the entire thing. They had to go find a whole new location in New York. So we had to do, we had to do the whole thing twice, wow. and it was done like two months apart. And the one they actually used was the second one. Even though I was in more scenes, the first time we shot, they didn't keep them all in because sometimes that happens. Yes, so my sir. role was supposed to be a little bit bigger, but you know it is what it is. Um, I was very happy with the way it came out, and um, it definitely was a. It's an interesting. Um, transition going from New York to Israel and then back to New York. And, and really at that point, people were like, wait, who are you? You were here how long ago? You know, I totally had to reintroduce myself and it wasn't really a cold read. They can only tell me as much as they could tell me, but I definitely had the, the lines and the sides, you know, we call them the sides where it's like one scene or two scenes or whatever it is. And the casting director read with me and, but it was really cool being on set and getting to work with like, you know, these are people who are leading their own shows on Netflix Yep. Kristen and, and Charlie and, and Finn. Now you can see it and stream it wherever. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, again, on my list. Now you've done the audition, got the part, you know what it is going to be a part of. Did you, in, all right, limited that it might have been that role, have to, like you said, you, you watched the Jessica Jones episodes. Did you have to do that beforehand just to get some knowledge and get your head wrapped around where uh, it's coming from? or No, not necessary, really, because my role is pretty much just, you know, really... Um, I mean, the director definitely gave me some some direction on set, but I pretty much knew what, what was required of me. And I think I didn't watch Jessica Jones till after I met Kristen on set and, and we were just chatting. And I, I remember her from Breaking Bad, from that, watching that from a few years ago, and I liked her work. And, of course, when you're on set with someone that you've never met before in there, a pretty big, you know, name and, and entity. You don't, you don't chat them up about, you know, oh, I love this episode. It depends how friendly you get, but she was mainly knitting. <laughs> I'm yes. not kidding. She was knitting on set, and um, I know her book was about to be released. Yeah, we're just sitting next to each other in our cast chairs, and she was so sweet. We took a ride over to set in a car, and she was like, hey, can you hold my smoothie? You know, and I just <laughs> met her in the makeup trailer like 10 minutes before, but she was so nice and welcoming. Yeah, I mean, it was a crazy set. I've never seen cameras this big and rigs like this. It was nuts. It was like being in a Marvel movie. It was just for, you know, the smaller screen, just for streaming. But it was it was the real deal. Well, you got a slice and, of it, and that's a great thing to say and be able to put that on your resume, right? Oh, definitely, yeah. I mean, it's such an identifiable name, and I'm part of the Marvel Universe. I mean, I, get, I used to get fan mail, and I was like, well, how do people even, like, it was silly. I'm in one scene with Iron Fist, and they're, you know, people are writing, hey, are you, are you, are you a Marvel defender? Yeah. I was like, well, you can look me up on IMDb and see that that's true. Yeah. So, oh, um, geez. But I will tell you this, like, 
I didn't even know what it was until right before shooting, talking to some friends, we were trying to figure it out. And they were like, I think you're doing this Marvel series. Because there was never a name Marvel attached to it. It was only Netflix. And they called it Group Therapy, which was like the code name they were shooting under, you know? It was probably better. I knew a little bit of what it was before I got on set, so I wasn't overexcited. And I hadn't watched any of their individual series. Like, I hadn't seen, I hadn't watched any Daredevil or Jessica Jones. So I didn't know, I wasn't like fanning when I got on set. You know what I mean? I was just like, these are my coworkers for the day. Which was great, because it kept me way more chill and and I could just do my job. But, But I did enjoy watching, I thought Daredevil was incredible. Just the way it's shot, it's so cinematic. Yeah, as a result of doing this role, then you've gotten yourself more into the Netflix stuff at the very minimum. But I think you told me before we started recording that you have also watched the Marvel movies. I have seen a, I've seen a good bit of them. And I will tell you this. I watched, I believe, Infinity War was it last year because I was way behind and I did not understand it because I hadn't seen Guardians of the Galaxy and I hadn't seen some of the other ones that were going to fill in these gaps. Yep. I've seen all the Iron Men. Most of the Thor. I definitely saw Age of Ultron. I saw that in Israel. I remember. That was incredible. Mm -hmm. I'm way behind in fitting the whole thing together. But when I saw Infinity War, which I thought was amazing and very dramatic, it was not at all what I thought was going to be. And I think before that, I had seen Thor Ragnarok, and I was like, this is kind of (laughs) wild. This is like a rock, like a concert or something the whole time. Yeah. But it's an interesting experience because I have um, my cousin, Anna, who's a makeup artist and wardrobe stylist, and her husband, Aiden, is a filmmaker. And he's a huge comic guy. They watch all the and and he he actually just showed me. Now I know this isn't going to correspond with you, but he showed me the Zack Snyder cut of Justice League, like the first ten minutes of it, mm-hmm. just because everyone talked about how horrible the other version was, and I hadn't seen it. It's not my main forte to go. Okay, I want to see this comic movie, or I want to see this, especially with the actors they cast. My God, these are like these are some of the best in the business. Robert Downey Jr. Cumberbatch, these are incredible actors, and it's amazing to see what they do with a role in a comic series movie, because I've always thought of it as very Shakespearean. Sure. It's got a lot of lot of pathos to it, and I really appreciate that. And Winter Soldier, I know I've seen that. Yeah, I've seen probably maybe a little bit more than half, but I will tell you that I have not seen Endgame yet, because I said, I'm not going to understand it. I want to have more context. Like when I saw Infinity War, and I was a little confused, I'm going to be honest. Of course, I saw Black Panther, saw that in the theater. I actually saw it up here, the Hurleyville Art Center. Yeah, absolutely. It's a great place um, locally to see a movie. Great yeah. place, beautiful theater. But yeah, I mean, there's so many good movies, and it's like you could spend weeks watching them and really dissecting them. And uh, like I said, the acting is beautiful. The cinematography is beautiful. Obviously, the special effects. Um, I don't know if this is okay to say because, again, it's not Marvel, but I recently had an audition for a DC superhero movie. Oh, yeah? With The Rock. Whoa. Black Adam. Okay. So there's that. But it is in the superhero world. I know it's not in the Marvel world, but I deeply respect Marvel. I think I think the work is superior by far. We do cross the line, so to speak, or go on both universes, so that's not, a, oh, not okay. an issue. And I, uh, okay, I think cool. I'd heard about All right. I, I didn't want to, you know, ruffle any feathers with that no. one, you know what I mean? No, you're good there. That's fine. That's fine. Right, cool. But I think cool. you're, you're, you're not alone, David, in the fact that maybe not having seen all the Marvel movies and, you know, wanting to get caught up, but I think you're a prime reason, candidate, et cetera, for those who want to, and those who have seen the movies also are going back and seeing them in their, quote, chronological order, you know, the way they yep. actually unfolded, not the way they were yes. released. So that right. could be, plus it sounds like you have somebody who could kind of coach you along with the movies yes, and the characters and I stuff. Do. So you got they're that. really great with that. I've seen a bunch of the Spider-Mans. I didn't mention that. But like I said, I've probably seen a little bit more than half 
but I, I can honestly say that when I saw something where it brought, you know, Infinity War, so many different characters, you yeah. know, in that. And I was a little confused because I hadn't seen Gar- Guardians of the Galaxy. And I hadn't seen, is it Doctor Strange? Am Doctor I Strange. That right? Yeah, exactly. Or, yeah, I hadn't seen that. And so I was like, wait, what's going on? Why is he? I don't even know who Thanos is. Like, what's going on? Th- right, know? exactly. So I but, think when you get those in order and, you got, and you're going to yeah. be up to Infinity War and Endgame, you're going to be like, that's why, that, what that means. That's, I get it now. Oh, you're going to have like this revelation. Right. Not the right. same as going to Israel and getting a religious thing, but, well, to some it's right, that right, kind of right. experience, too. But, I, you know, I... Totally. For the people who have gone through all of them, whether they did it when they came out, so they're up to date, and not someone who just is sitting and trying to catch up now. I remember, um, you know, David Harbour from Stranger Things? Uh, name sounds familiar. Go ahead. Yep. So he's doing... Um, is he gonna, again, I'm sorry if it's DC, but I know he's doing a, a character in some big comic movie he just finished, and he... Um, was with his girlfriend or wife, sorry, um, on Instagram, like, I think it was about a couple months ago, and then he was making her, with him, watch all the Marvel movies in order. Mm-hmm. And he was, like, sort of live, kind of videoing it, going, okay, we're on this one now, and, and he'd be like, honey, what'd you think of that? And mm-hmm. I think it's really cool, because they're all available. So you're, you're doing the right thing, I think, too. And please, no no problem jumping over to the Distinguished Competition. It's okay. Okay, all we're, right. We're all, all right. good. Cool. We're pretty impartial. <laughs> I don't want to... No. I don't want to get in trouble for that. You're not going to invite me back. <laughs> we're we're no, we're pretty impartial about this, so it's uh, it's okay, not a big cool. deal. My beginnings in comic book history in reading was with DC, so there. Oh, cool. I've I've admitted yeah. that freely, and that's where we stand. And I think that was There's about nothing wrong with that. Ten now, years none, old. I have a question. None of the X Men characters or world goes into. Yeah, that's they're Marvel, but you know everybody is not all playing in the same sandbox, so to speak, right. or different sections right. of they're the not, sandbox. They're not in any of the, they're they're in their own universe of movies. So those yeah. I think almost all those I've seen. And I used to read some of the I collected some of the X Men when I was a kid. I remember loving Wolverine, and I had a, and some Ghost Rider. Nice. Again. So I mean, I kind of picked it. You know, I kind of grabbed things here and there. I had some Spider Man um, and stuff like that, but. Yeah, it was. I, I don't know. It, you know, it's it's like when you're playing a lot of sports and you grew up in a very artsy family. Like, I don't think comic books were like my main thing, but I definitely definitely had quite a few of them. I I might even still have them somewhere. I think I used to trade them in school if I remember when I was like in elementary school, mm-hmm. like with friends. You know, hey, do you have that one? Oh, okay, cool. Let me check out that one. You know, and some people it carries on. I have some friends who are real into that world, and of course, like I was a big fan of the Big Bang Theory. So, like, watching those guys, you know, sure. like, it was just really cool to see, like, adults and, and to see characters written like that for TV so people feel represented because there's so many people like that who go to Comic-Con who, you know, love that world. Like, what, why not? It's so much fun. Well, then what, if you can recall, David, was your approximate age then that you were found yourself reading comic books and or uh, going into sports? Well, I've been into sports my whole life, probably since, like, five or six. But I think I remember comic books around, like, ten and I remember definitely sitting in my closet. I don't know why in my closet. I had a big walk-in closet, I remember. I grew up in Florida. I remember sitting with my Wolverine, and I, and I just remember how beautiful the graphics were and how bright and how just well, you know, illustrated everything was. I definitely had some Spider-Man, but it was probably more like The Amazing Spider-Man. Sure. I mean, I wasn't ever like an early collector. Uh, I know my mom r- reminded me the other day. She's like, oh, you are obsessed with Superman. I'm pretty sure I had some Superman comics. I watched all the Christopher Reeve movies. And I definitely thought I could fly and probably try to jump off our trailer at some point in uh, the middle of the woods. Not the only one who <laughs> want to do that. Yeah, absolutely, too. I think you told me something about a homemade uh, Spider-Man costume. Oh, yes. So my birthday's on Halloween. Yeah, for, love uh, that. Which is a fun a fun day to be born on, i got to admit. But, but as an adult, I don't really 
love dressing up anymore, probably because it's followed me my whole life. Yeah. But my mom made me a homemade Spider-Man costume when I was probably somewhere around seven or eight. And I have a picture of it. And it was really cool. It was like a full, you know, those pajamas where they go with the feet too, like the long legs. And then they, you know, like a pajama suit that like zips up the back or whatever. Yeah. And then she put on like, like webbing and like strings and I had makeup. On. It was really cool. Even better if you can actually see out of uh, whatever it might have been for your mask. I don't know if you remember this, Eddie, but do you remember the box costumes that come in the box with the mask and then the, the little costume behind it? And they're just in like a little square box on the shelf. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So I don't I had so many. I don't know which ones. I'm sure He-Man I had in there. And, but my Spider-Man costume, I'll, you know, look through some old pics. I don't know what I had for a mask, but I do remember I could see. I think she might have painted right on my face. Yeah. When you said makeup, I said, oh, cool. Yeah, Yeah, that would avoid and would also be safe if you're going to go around trick-or-treating, too. That's a good point. You know, it's there's so, there's I guess pluses and minuses if you're somebody who has a, a Halloween birthday. I know somebody who yeah. co- who does cosplay also, and she uh-huh. is uh, she calls herself well. She's not the twenty ish cosplayer too, but she still does it. She also does for um, charity type work and so on, and that's great. Uh, but she has a Halloween birthday as well, and you oh, know well. came to more I guess embrace it later in life after. Yeah having to raise the kids and, and all that stuff. Right. So I guess yeah, I was going to say, you know, maybe double bonus, double gifts for you, birthday, Halloween, same thing going on, you know, whatever. Yeah, kind of. I mean, you know what it was? It was so much fun as a kid dressing up and then also, you know, going trick-or-treating, whatever, in our neighborhood and saying, it's also my birthday. Oh, okay, here's an extra piece of candy. <laughs> and then I think as I got older, it was just kind of like at some point go, you know what, I'm kind of over this. I think probably around mid-20s, I was like, yeah, I don't really like dressing up anymore. Yeah. And also because I'm an actor. So I'm always dressing up. I'm always playing some kind of character. Right. Which leads me, if this is a good segue, to talk about my role in The Dead Don't Die. Oh, there we go. Because, go ahead. Because I played a zombie. Nice. So I don't know if you know the movie or if your listeners are familiar with it, but it's a Jim Jarmusch directed. He's like kind of the king of indie film. And it was starring Adam Driver, Bill Murray, Chloe Savani. Tilda Swinton, Danny Glover, Selena Gomez, Rosie Perez, you name it. The list went on and on. Quite an interesting experience for me. I've never played a zombie before, and I took it as a challenge. I got contacted by the local casting here in Hudson Valley, and um, even though I, like, at the time was living in Manhattan, which is where I normally am, I was right for the part. I got the part. I didn't really know what I was signing up for. Sometimes you don't. I knew I was playing a zombie. I didn't know exactly what it all entailed. It was a lot of days of work. It was middle of the summer in Fleischman, New York. We had days where it was boiling hot. People were literally fainting on set in, in tight corsets like we had just come out of, the, out of the ground. But the whole idea was whatever you were most associated with in your living life is how you'd be dressed when you come back to life. So my character was associated with a hardware store. So I was in kind of like this hardware kind of vest and like, you know, a ratty ripped up shirt and a ball cap and it was so wild. I just wanted the physical challenge of doing something different. I've never done anything, you know, where I've played a character not alive. So <laughs> it's a huge movie. It opened at the Cannes Film Festival. Unfortunately, it didn't do as well in the box office. Well, we shot it July 2018, and I think it released, like, mid-2019. Yeah, Cannes Film Festival 2019, so, like, late summer. Amazing cast. It was amazing working with Bill Murray and Adam Driver and Tilda Swinton. Mm-hmm. She plays an alien in it. I don't want to give anything away. But anyway, it's a <laughs> wild film. It's worth watching, but I will tell you that if you're thinking like Dawn of the Dead or, or, or that kind of thing, because he's a very weird filmmaker and he's brilliant, but you really have to like 
appreciate the style of how they did it. It's kind of like zombies just kind of take over this small town, but it also has, there's all kinds of political leanings in it. They, mm. they mixed in. It's, it's really interesting. You want to talk about makeup? Oh, my God. Oh, boy. Hours of makeup every day. I think we spent longer in makeup than we did actually doing the scenes, but yeah. such a wild experience. I'm in a whole bunch of scenes in the movie. Unfortunately, my character doesn't talk because he's a zombie. Some zombies in the movie talk, like Carol Kane and um, some of these other ones who just come back to life and say something and then get shot or whatever. I will never do it again. That was, <laughs> that was the only time I'm playing a zombie. It was incredibly difficult. The physical positions you have to put yourself in, they're so painful. And, of course, on film, it's, okay, let's do it again. Okay, let's do it again. And, you know, 20 takes later, you're like, oh, my God, my back's breaking. They make up artists from The Walking Dead. Exactly. Well, that's, that's exactly. kind of leading to so it. Lately, like I said. Yeah, and I was going to say, that's going to lead to another question as we get ready to wrap up. But I want to back up before I forget. You mentioned Sullivan County Dramatic Workshop, and that is something that you and I are have something in common. Because I've done oh, really? three seasons of the Haunted Theater with them. Oh, good for you. Now, what, um, for you. what time yeah. frame, when was it that you were at the Dramatic Workshop? I did Fiddler on the Roof, August 2015. 15, um, okay. My dad's a pianist, some people might know of him, Leon Hilfstein, and he has been involved with the workshop and the college for years and the local schools and all different musicals around here. And Fiddler on the Roof is just, you know, near and dear to my heart being Jewish and growing up with sort of, you know, the soundtrack of our lives and, you know, Zero mm-hmm. Mustel and all of that. And the director, Lori Schneider, she personally asked me to come audition for the role. She didn't just give me the role. I don't want people to think that. I had to audition. And they chose me for Perchick. And it was a great experience. I mean, I, that was the only show I did there. But, you know, it was good people. It was really good people to work with. I know some people that are involved with that, and they love it, and the kids love it. And I think it's great that you've done it. You know, whatever helps bring people into the spirit, even if it's playing a character who may not be fully alive. That's There's nothing yeah, wrong right. with that. And if your listeners watch any uh, Discovery ID years ago, I played a lot of different roles on uh, Six Degrees of Murder and Grave Mysteries and stuff like that, where I'm usually playing some kind of lawyer or DA who's, you know, investigating people, trying to figure out who killed who. And these are real true stories. And they're just like docudramas. So I know a lot of people, when that came out a few years ago, were getting in touch with me, saying, oh, I saw you on here, I saw you on it," which is great, because I don't know how much they're still running anymore. But, but that was really fun work. Well, I think what you can have to your credit, David, and it uh, maybe it's a no-brainer or it's realized, but it should be said that you, your name among others, Ben Affleck comes to mind as one, who have now had roles or at least parts or did DC and Marvel. You can you can you can you can say that. I mean, I'm I'm working on it. I'm I would I would love to to be in this Black Adam movie. I don't even know if I'm even allowed to say what movie it is, but it's pretty known out there. They're already filming in Atlanta and stuff, and The Rock is like. This is going to be the biggest DC movie ever. You know, hey, so we'll see. If Marvel wants to bring me back, that would be fantastic. I'm ready to jump back into the universe. You have, like I said, experience in one shape, way, form, or another in both universes. And what is it, comic book character or perhaps otherwise, that you would love to do, portray? I don't have a specific character, but I'll just say the actors whose kind of roles that I sort of see myself and, and kind of model my, my career after would be like Jeff Goldblum, Stanley Tucci, Corey Stoll, who did Ant, Ant-Man. I love playing complex characters, so really anything that's, that's got a real, some real difficulty to, to dig my teeth into. Um, yeah, that's fine. Has the, com- the combination then of, you know, having seen the Marvel movies that you have and having mm-hmm. had the encounter with 
a Marvel series somewhat ignited, or maybe it's it's soon to be developed, interest in getting into more comic book reading? Or I would definitely say yes. I would have to have somebody like you guide me to, you know, what would be a good thing to read. I haven't, I think I've read maybe a couple graphic novels through the years. Those are great as a different differentiation from the mainstream stuff. But if you're somebody who wants to kind of get mm. caught up, then you go with the collections, the compendiums sure. and all, that, all the essentials, whatever. I think one of the things you're going to probably wind up doing is going to find those comic books and get yourself more caught up and, and escape into will. that world because it really is involved in intoxicating. I've got so much to catch up on. It's just a matter of time. And, of course, life, other things in life get in the way. They do. But I so much appreciate you taking the time to talk with me. And this was a lot of fun. Hey, wait a minute. That was what I was supposed to say to you. <laughs> I, I, it's true. I, it really I is. I knew you were going to say that. I knew you were going to say that. Well, oh, so he's a precognitive as well. There we go. All right. So we I'm have... Just I'm just messing with you. That's all right. I'm messable with. Don't tell my wife. So another local talent who's dabbled in Marvel. It's great to have you, David. Thank you for taking the time to talk to us, David Hilfstein, and lots of continued success. We hope to be hearing or seeing you again in the near future. Thank you, Eddie. It's been my pleasure, and this has been so much fun. Everyone, just stay healthy. You can catch me. Go on IMDb. You can look up my credits. Let's move forward and try and get back to some normalcy in life. And you just did the answer to the question I didn't even get to speak with. How can people find you on social media? So there. <laughs> so okay. I'm on Instagram. My, uh, you can type in my name, David Hilfstein. It's under D.S. Hilf. Um, that's H-I-L-F. And, of course, IMDb, like I said. And um, I have a website, davidhilfstein.com. Very easy. Appreciate it, David. Thanks again, and stay well. My pleasure. You too.